Because Christ lives, we too shall live forever through faith in him. Amen. The word of God we want to consider today is again our epistle reading for this past Sunday, the last Sunday of End Times Christ the King Sunday. Our reading is from Paul's resurrection chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 to 28, where Paul was inspired to write, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive, but each in his own turn. Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him, so that God may be all in all. My dear friends in Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is the Apostle Paul's resurrection chapter, as I had said. We're used to hearing portions of this chapter at Easter time especially, and at Christian funeral services. Paul wrote these words because the Holy Spirit inspired him to write them concerning a doctrinal dispute that had arisen in Corinth. Despite what Paul had taught them about the resurrection from the dead, there were some who were saying that there is no resurrection from the dead. It appears that they didn't deny that Jesus rose from the dead. They were just denying that our human bodies will rise from the dead. Paul said that if that's true, though, that our human bodies won't rise from the dead, then our Christianity is actually worse than worthless. Just before our reading, Paul had said, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. Thankfully, though, that's not the case. Paul says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Those who have fallen asleep, those are the people who have died. Paul says death came through a man, and we know the man, that's Adam. We know the place, that's the Garden of Eden, and we know the words, in the day you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. Not sleep, but die. When Adam and Eve ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they died spiritually. At that, at that moment, they were destined to eternal punishment in hell. Because of their sin, they would also die physically, of course, but that death, that physical death, it was a process that lasted many, many, many years for them. But it did end up coming. 
had they not rebelled against God and eaten that fruit? The fact is, is that they would have never died. But as a result of that sin, Paul says, in Adam all die. Adam and Eve, they were created in the image of God. They were perfect and they were holy. But when they sinned, they lost that image of God. And therefore, they could only give their children, their descendants, including you and me, they could only give us their sinful image and not the image of God which they had lost. Their sin and the countless sins that all people have committed in this world since the fall into sin, that is the source of our sorrow. It's the source of our sorrow, not the sickness, the death, the terrorist, the crime, the struggling economy in different senses, a virus or anything like else. That's not the source of our sorrow. Those are the results of sin. The source of our sorrow is sin and only sin. Thank God, though, that we know the answer to the source of our sorrow. When a former president of the United States was 80 years old, he happened to be met by a friend who shook his trembling hand and said, Good morning, and how is John Quincy Adams today? The retired chief executive replied, he himself is quite well, sir, quite well. But the house he lives in at the present, referring to his body, is becoming dilapidated. It is tottering upon its foundation. Time and the seasons have almost destroyed it. Its roof is pretty well worn. Its walls are much shattered, and it crumbles a little bit more with every wind. The old tenement is becoming almost uninhabitable, and I think John Quincy Adams will have to move out of it soon, but he himself is well, sir, quite well. See, now that's the confidence that we believers can have because of Christ. It was not long after that that John Quincy Adams had his second and fatal stroke. But he knew, just as you and I, by the grace of know, that the source of our sorrow in this life, it's, it's sin. But we also know that the best is yet to come. And the best is yet to come, all because Jesus lived and died and rose from the dead so that we can be with him forever in heaven where the best is yet to come. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we know that we are sinners and we do deserve nothing but eternal punishment. But we also know that Jesus lived and died for us and paid for all our sins and won for us heaven. And because of that, we know we're blessed now as your believing children, but we're also blessed to know that the best is yet to come. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus, we pray in your name.
In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always.